How you guys doing? Everybody all right? Great to see you today. Thanks for being part of worship. Those of you who are here, those of you who are with us online, again, we really love having you be part of this worship service. I'm super excited for this new series. It's an awesome graphic that our communications team came up with. It's like, it's gotta be good if it looks this good, right? So like my expectations are high. I hope yours are. Um, to kick this series off, I'm gonna give you a couple of terms from the world of strategic planning and performance management, right? <laughs> um, so here are the terms. Terms are leading indicators and lagging indicators. So leading indicators, it's like we're just standing right here, leading indicators look forward. These are things that, that we're doing in the now or we're participating in the now that, that have us looking forward. Lagging indicators, like we're, here we are and we're looking back. So let me give you a couple of examples of this. So yesterday, Marie and I are on the road. <clears throat> we were driving through Iowa. And you know how they have the big Department of Transportation signs that they give you the messages, whatever. So we're driving through Iowa and lagging indicator. The sign says 268 traffic deaths in Iowa this year. Awful, like tragic. The, the devastation for 268 families, 268 traffic deaths in Iowa this year, that's a lagging indicator. It's in the moment, but it's looking back. All the decisions that have been made by all the people driving cars on all the roads in the state of Iowa for the whole year is represented by that one number. That's a lagging indicator. It's, it's what happens when all those decisions get made. And then the sign flipped, and it said, the corn is high, drivers shouldn't be. Corny, right? It's just corny. I couldn't resist. Leading indicator, leading, that's, that's a statement of, lead. here we are in the now and we're looking forward, fewer or more sober drivers on the road will reduce the traffic deaths. So, so lagging indicator, 268 deaths, leading indicator, more sober drivers, right? So second example, personally, so um, I got on the scale this morning and I saw a number. And that number is a lagging indicator. That number, it represents my genetics and all the diet and exercise decisions I have made from day one to this point was in that number, particularly the diet and exercise decisions that I made that I have had dessert for the last five nights. It has been an awesome week, except for that number down there. So lagging indicator is like, it leads to this, looking back leads to this moment. Looking forward, two desserts in the week coming up, right? So we're playing two desserts in the week. So leading indicator is the two desserts. Lagging indicator is that horrible number that was on the scale. And I figure if I have two desserts this week, I'm going to feel better and I'm also going to be healthier, right? So that's where, so this series, this series, the big three, this series is about leading indicators, right? So there's, there's the stuff that we've done to this point and it has us where we are, but there are things that we do, we can do going forward that will take us where we want to be. And this series is about leading indicators and these are three leading indicators if you talk to people who are doing well in their spiritual life. They're, they're spiritually healthy, their mental health is good, their emotional, their well-being, their spiritual, like, the relationships, if they're doing well in their spiritual life, these three things are part of their, they're part of their lives, these three things. So these, these are leading indicators that we're leaning into over these next few weeks. And if, if you're doing well, these are part of your life. And if you're not doing well, these are probably not part of your life or they are not part of your life to the degree that, that they could be 
if, if you would lean into them. All right, so we're gonna discuss three leading indicators for your spiritual wealth and your spirit, for your spiritual health and your spiritual well-being. And, and Ezra gave us our vision statement as a church. We could use the words of our vision statement. We honor Jesus, we love each other, we serve our neighbors. We could use synonyms where we talk about, about worship and biblical community and service. Or if you'll let me put into action words, come to church every week, get in a group, and serve on a team. And so we're gonna talk about coming to church, being in a group, serving on a team as leading indicators for your spiritual health and well-being. If, if you'll lean into these things, your life will get better. So I don't know if you know this, there's a lot of research that gets done in the world today about, our, um, about the connection between church, coming to church every week, and about life satisfaction. So in the journal, it's a study published in August of 2020, in the International Journal of Epidemiology, says this, individuals who attend services at least once per week had a lower risk of all-cause mortality by 26%. Service attendance was also inversely associated with a number of psychological distress outcomes like depression, anxiety, hopelessness, loneliness. The more you're church, the less likely you are to experience these things. And it was positively associated with psychological well-being outcomes, a positive effect, life satisfaction, social integration, purpose in life. And, and that study confirms what so many other studies have revealed. All the way back in 2001, the National Institute of Health, their study said weekly attendance at church was associated with improving and maintaining good mental health, increased social relationships, and marital stability. It is, it's a highly studied subject, the connection between church and overall well-being, and over and over again, it shows that people who come to church every week, they have better lives. They do better. They do better physically, they do better emotionally, they do better spiritually, mentally, relationally. They have better lives. And, and there's evidence is for that over and over again. And so I wanna talk about coming to church every week today because, because we need to hear this. And we need to be reminded of this. And, and not just me reminding you, but we remind each other because our lives are better when we are participating in church. And so you and I have a great opportunity this weekend to embrace, you're already here, to embrace what God wants to give to us. You know in our culture right now, life satisfaction is at an all-time low, as is church attendance. And again, those two things are connected, and God has so much better for you and for me than what we'll settle for for ourselves. And, and life satisfaction being at an all-time low, we find ourselves in a place where, where if, we, if we come to church every week, if we make it a part of our every week, and if we make it a part of our every week, life gets better for us because God has more for us in this. And so, so we're gonna talk and process through today about church getting better about life getting better because you come to church. And in this, I've gotta push a little bit on us because our research, our internal research matches what's going on in North America. The average family comes to church at Christ Community one out of every four weekends. So the average family comes to church one out of every four weekends at Christ Community and for a variety of reasons, right? I mean, like, we had kids, I've got four kids, we, they grew up. And we understand, like I understand, so I'm not, I'm not griping at you, but the average family comes to church one of every four weekends. 
and life satisfaction's at an all-time low, and the research shows that life satisfaction increases as church attendance increases. God has so much better for us, and it's we need to lean into the competition for church in our lives, and why we would choose pancakes and pajamas, or kids' sports, or meet the press, or you fill in the blank for your thing about what competes in your life for coming to church, why we would choose that, we, we need to encourage each other and help each other take next steps in these things. So what I wanna do in our time together this weekend, I wanna walk through, like I wanna explore the why. Why does life get better? Why, why, does, why does people who don't have a dog in the fight, other than they're just curious, does church matter? It's not pastors who are conducting this research. Why, why, is, it, why is it consistent that people who come to church every week have better lives. And I don't wanna, I'm not gonna engage that from a sociological standpoint, I wanna engage it from a theological standpoint with you. I wanna talk to you some things that the Bible tells us that happen to us and for us as we come to church just by way of stirring up in us a desire to participate in what you're already participating in this weekend. So five things, and then I'm gonna wrap it up with two truth statements about us as we come to church, all right? So the first thing as we jump into this, why church? And I think it's interesting to, to think of church as a verb, right? Not, not, not as a noun, as a place, but as a verb, as something you do. Why come, engage, participate, be part of what is happening at church. The five reasons for that. The first one is on the screen there for you. Jesus attends when we gather in his name. When, when you and I gather together in Jesus' name, he shows up in a way that uh, he's always with you. He's always with you. But when we come together in his name, he is in the middle of that. He's, he's, not, he's not sitting off on the outskirts, on the edges of this, kind of standing back and watching. He's, he's here and he's present. He promised this to his followers. It's recorded for us in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20. Jesus said, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Like I'm in the middle of that deal. When we gather together in Jesus' name, and if you're looking at me and saying, well, would you please explain this? Because I've looked around the room and I don't know that I see him. Me neither, right? And I'm not sure that I can explain this to you, but you could experience it. Like this, is, this is one of those things that we just say, by faith, Jesus promised, and he's faithful to his promises, and we say yes, I wanna experience the presence of Jesus. And so, so when I gather together with Christian people in Jesus' name, when we come together to worship at church, we have the incredible privilege of Jesus attending with us. And we get to be with him in a way that we don't get to be with him unless we've gathered together. And so, so the gathering together, the coming together to be part of church, why would, why would I participate and why would I engage? I get to participate and I get to engage with Jesus. It's not just with the people that are sitting in this room or participating with us online. It is, I'm, we are participating with Jesus himself when we come together. So that's, that's the first reason why we would, why we would attend church. And the, the other thing to know about this too is, is that when you seek after him, like coming here and coming and being part of a worship service, that is a seeking after. That is a seeking after Jesus. 
You, you may not be able to put words on it even about what you're looking for, but, but you come here looking for something. And, and what the Bible tells us over and over again is when we seek after Jesus, he responds to us. I love this little verse from Lamentations chapter three, verse 25. It says, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Whoever seeks after him, like he, is, he is good to us. And so when we come together seeking him, looking for, again, you don't have to have words to put on it, but when we come together to be with one another and be with him, he pours out his goodness in our lives. And so when you and I gather together in Jesus' name, Jesus attends, this is why, this is one of the reasons why the lives of people who come to church are better than people who, who don't, because when we're here, Jesus attends with us. The second reason, that our lives are better when we come to church is because your soul needs weekly rest. Your soul needs weekly rest. Genesis chapter two, it's the very beginning of the Bible. This is the account of creation. This is how God, this is how he made our world. And so we read in the way that God made our world by the seventh day, God had finished the work he's been doing. So Genesis chapter one tells us about the first six days of creation. Seventh day, God finished what he's doing. And on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Our world was created with rhythms. Our world was created with rhythms built into it. Six days of work, seventh day of rest, of holy rest. God was not tired. God has infinite resources, he has infinite energy, he has infinite creativity. He was not tired on the seventh day. He was building rhythm into our world. You and I were created with rhythms for holy rest, for worship. We were, we were built to be people who worship and there is a rhythm to that. We're built to be people who worship personally, every day, have daily meetings with God, and we're built weekly to come together and worship him together. He set aside a, he, one day out of the week and declared it to be holy so that you and I could participate in the kind of rest that he wants to give to us. And it's not just a physical rest, it is rest for your soul. And for those of you who are here in this room, we call this room a sanctuary. You could call it other things. You could call it an auditorium. You could call it the room of the stage. You could call it other things. But we call this room a sanctuary. You know what sanctuary is? Sanctuary is a place of rest. It's a place that is, that is set aside for a particular purpose of meeting with God. It's a place where he is protecting it so that his people come in and get to experience his rest. We come together to sanctuary to rest, and it's not just your body that needs rest. Your soul needs rest, and your soul finds rest in God alone. There's no one else who can give you rest for your soul. There's, there's, that's the place, he's the person. He's the person who, who gives you rest, and, and in him you experience rest, and you're built. You are built, you are created to experience rest rest, his kind of rest, on a weekly, on a weekly basis. And when you miss, 
when you miss, when you, when you miss the meeting, when you miss the weekly gathering, your soul doesn't experience the kind of rest that God offers to you. And after a little while of that, your soul gets exhausted. And when your heart, when your soul, when your spiritual side of you is exhausted, life satisfaction is low. Like it's just gonna be low because, because you were created to experience rest in God alone on a weekly basis. And, and you get to experience that when we come together because when we come together, Jesus attends and he gives his rest to us. And so your soul needs weekly rest. Third thing, you need regular re-engagement with your greater purpose. Like chat, capital G, capital P, greater purpose, the one that God has given to you. We, we all have other purposes in our lives, right? We have, we have the purposes maybe that our parents or some other leaders laid out in front of us and we've been encouraged towards. There's purposes that we have to make a living. There, we have purposes, like, but you have a greater purpose. Your creator, your heavenly father has, has given you, gifted you a greater purpose and, and the world around us distracts us from and leads us away from this greater purpose into lesser things, into lesser things. And so if you and I skip out on re-engagement with our greater purpose, we're, we're walking down the path. It's really easy to be walking down that path to lesser things. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, these verses were written to, to a church, and, and it was encouragement to people to re-engage with their greater purpose. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Your greater purpose, love and good deeds. Right? Love for God and good deeds towards him. You were made to be in relationship with God and you were made to worship him and Jesus is worthy of your worship. So you were made to be a worshiper of God, love and good deeds towards him and then love and good deeds towards other people. Like we have this, we have this grand purpose, this greater purpose that God has given to us. And when we come to, we need to meet together. We need to meet together to be able to re-engage with that. Because again, if, if, if you or I are off doing our own thing and we don't come back to the people who are all saying yes together, yes to God's greater purpose in our lives, if we're off and we're, we're out pursuing a lesser purpose, life satisfaction, low. Life satisfaction, low. When we're chasing lesser things, when we're pursuing lesser things, you were designed to worship God and to love him and to love each other. And if we, if we don't engage with that, then we're gonna be chasing and missing out on lesser things. So you need to regularly re-engage with the God's greater purpose for you. And notice it says, hey, don't give up the habit of meeting together. This is a habit, this is a habit, being together weekly on the day that the Lord has given to us to be people who gather together, who meet and who worship. And so you need regular re-engagement with God's purpose in your life. And the fourth thing, the fourth reason for coming to church every week is your church actually needs your engagement. Your church needs your engagement. I don't know if you think about this, but I hope you do. 
going forward. Your church needs you. You, you are an important part of our church, not the greater church. Like you are part of that, the greater church, the churches that are in our community and around the world. But if you're part of this church, like this church needs you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, this beautiful metaphor about the church being a body and how it's made up of many parts, but it's still one thing, and each part is absolutely necessary and essential. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You're a part of the church, and your church needs you to engage, to be part of, the church needs your engagement. All right, so I don't talk about this very often. About five years ago, I was, um, I was cutting some wood, I was in a hurry, and I, just, I messed up, and I cut off the tip of my left thumb. So I don't know how much y'all can see out there from here, but I cut off about three quarters inch of my left thumb. Now, awesome thing for me, I'm right-handed. So, so I've lost about three quarters of an inch of my off hand, of the thumb on my off hand, and you might look like after I got over the horror of the whole deal, my thought was like, okay, this'll, this'll, this'll be okay, and it's been okay. Right? There are way worse things I could lose, but if you, if you think about yourself, and you think about where you fit in, in the body of Christ, about what kind of role you play in the church, and you're thinking, I'm not important at all. I'm like the tip of the left thumb. Can I tell you something? My life is worse because I'm missing the tip of my left thumb. It is so hard to text. With, <laughs> it, it's, hard to, it's hard to manipulate small things. Like, there are a number of things that are difficult for me. They're harder for me. It's hard to button the sleeve on my right shirt when I'm wearing a long, my right sleeve when I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt. There are a number of things that are hard for me because I'm missing the tip of my left thumb. And, and what is true on a human body is true in a church. No matter, no matter what role you see yourself playing, no matter what, how important you see yourself, you are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ together and each one, each one of you is part of this. And if, if you're not here and you're not part of it, it's harder for us. It's harder for us to, to encourage each other and build each other up and to be who God has called us to be and to do the things that God has called us to do. It's harder for us. You are needed here. Your church needs your engagement. And so that, that is a reason to be here every week. You are needed here. And it doesn't matter if you feel needed or not. You are, you are necessary to this body being and doing what God has called us to do. You're part of this deal. And so, so we need you here. Your church needs you to be engaged. And then this fifth thing, this is for those of us with younger families. Your kids need to catch your faith. Your kids need to catch your faith. And I, like, I wanna be real careful here because my kids are grown and I am not raising kids in today's environment, in today's culture. We did it in yesterday's environment and yesterday's culture. But could I just encourage you the importance of church if you wanna pass on your faith to your kids? And again, I'm saying this with great concern because we know that the average family at Christ Community comes to church one out of every four weekends. And, and here's what I'm, I, I'm not griping, because I understand there's all kinds of things that are going on, and somebody gets sick, and we gotta go to grandma's house, and there's this 
Like there are all kinds of things. And, and you get to pass on your faith. And if, if you're average, like if you're average, if you show up one out of every four weekends, I don't know how you could expect your kids to catch the importance of this. Like they're gonna miss that because it's the thing we do if we don't have something better to do or if we don't have something else to do. A, a once a month kind of faith. And the reason I'm pushing church, church is a primary expression of our faith. I'm not declaring that as a pastor, God has said that. Like the church is God's idea, the church is not man's idea, the church is God's idea. He has created it and he has gifted it to us and it is a primary expression of our faith. It's not the only primary expression of our faith, but it is a primary expression of our faith. There are secondary expressions of our faith, like playing on Christian sports teams and going to Christian school and listening to Christian music. Like all that stuff is good stuff, but it's secondary. Primary expression of your faith is coming to church. And if, if you want your kids, if you want your kids to live in the faith that you have, they need to catch it from you. There, more is caught than taught. And that is like that has been said, it is cliche, and it's 100% true. More is caught than is taught. And your kids need to catch this, and they need to know this is part of who we are. This is, this is not just something that we do. This is part of who we are, and this is how we express our faith. And, and Jesus meets us here, and we get to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We have an important part of us. Like, we're needed there. And so if you, if, you're, if you want your kids to catch your faith, participation at church and being here every week, like that, that, is, that is a huge thing. That's a huge thing for you. And so, so we have these five reasons of why life satisfaction is better for people. And your kids, when your kids are living in your wake, when they're living behind you and they're following Jesus as you follow after him, like life is better than when they're, when they're off, and especially as they get a little older, when, when they're kinda trying to figure it out on their own, and they've walked away from your faith. Life's better, life satisfaction is better for you and for them when you're in step together following after Jesus. And so, so why church? There's some great reasons to be part of the church. Jesus shows up, he's here, he meets us. We get the opportunity to live out our greater purpose, and we get to do that for and with one another. And we get to make a difference not only in our lives, we get to make a difference in the lives of the people who are around us. And as we do that together, like our impact multiplies. Ezra announced about the Lemonade Wars. Our kids together raised 3,700 and something dollars. Those kids individually raised a few bucks. And a few bucks shipped off to an orphanage in Cambodia is, like it's a gift, right? But together, because they engage together, they participate together, we get to send a gift that makes a difference in the lives of those kids who are being cared for in that orphanage. And it's the same in every regard. It's the same in every regard. When we do things together, we have this beautiful opportunity, this beautiful opportunity to increase and multiply our impact as people in the lives of the people who are around us. So why church? Because you get to live out your greater purpose and multiply the impact that God has given to you. So let me tell you just two statements here that are true. They're always true, and they're true about church. The first thing is at church, you get out of it what you put into it. You get out of it what you put into it. 
and we all want something out of church, right? You should, you, you come here looking for something. You may not be able to articulate what it is you're looking for, but you come here looking for something, and the whole point of today is that you do get something out of church, but you get out of it what you put into it, and if you're a person who one of your great temptations to skip, to stay home, pancakes, pajamas, sporting event, something else, one of your great temptations is like, ah, I'm not really sure if, like, if I'm gonna get that much out of it. You'll get out of it what you put into it. So could I offer you the suggestion to be a person who prays for your church? If you're praying for this church and you're praying for, for yourself and for us and for your part, be a person who prays for your church and be a person who gets on board with the things that we're doing together. Be a person who's willing to grow in the ways that we're trying to grow together. Like if, if, you'll, if you'll be part of this, we get out of it what we put into it and, and be a person who celebrates the good things that you see God doing in your life and in the life of others and be a person who invites your friends and your neighbors to come to church with you. Like you'll get out of it what you put into it. This is true of anything good in our lives. You get out of it what you put into it and so if you invest, if you'll invest and you'll engage and participate, there'll be so much more here for you than if you're just coming to spectate and hope something happens. Like if you're, if you're hoping like Daryl gets better this week, <laughs> hopefully I'll get, I'm gonna be a perpetual disappointment to you. This is the best I got, right? I'm gonna give you the best I got. And if, if I give you the best I've got, and then you give us the best you got, oh, awesome things. Awesome things are gonna happen for you at church because you're gonna get out of it what you put into it. So that's the first thing. And then the second statement, it's just a wisdom statement. At church, you'll always find what you're looking for. You're always gonna find at church what you're looking for. And so if, if you're kind of in a rut where you're maybe a little frustrated or dissatisfied and you're looking for something to frustrate you or to be frustrated about or to be aggravated over, like you will find that here. It is, we have that stuff at our church. Hey, starting with me, it's, we're, we're a human, we're a group of humans who've come together and, and we're not a perfect church, right? You've heard the statement, if you've been around church, somebody has told you that if you find the perfect church, don't go, because like, you'll mess it up, you're human. And you don't deserve a perfect church because you're not perfect. Part of church is imperfect people coming together under the rule and reign of a perfect God who loves us and forgives us and gives us grace and we get to do that together. And as we give each other a grace and love each other and engage with the community around us, amazing things will happen at church. At church you will find what you're looking for. And so if you, if you walk into this place looking for grace, you will find grace here. And if you walk into this place looking for life, you will find life here. And if you walk into this place looking for hope, you will find hope here. And if you walk into this place looking for peace, you will find peace here. And if you walk into this place looking for purpose, you will find purpose here because what you're looking for, you will find. And if, if you are looking for Jesus, you will find him here because he attends when we gather together and when we seek him, he pours out his goodness on us. And so you will find what you're looking for when you participate at church. And so to that end, here's how, here's how we're gonna wrap this thing up. In just a minute, I'm gonna pray for us. The worship team's come back out. And, and we have this closing song. And this, this is a moment for you to find what you're looking for. I don't know what you're looking for when you came in here. 
and maybe you don't know all the way either. And if and if you're if you're new or you haven't like you're not experienced being in church, don't let this freak you out. We're not going to do anything weird. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to the band's going to play and they're going to they're going to sing this song. And you have a moment to tell God what you need. You have a moment to tell God where where you're hurt. You have a moment to tell God what he, like how he could step into your life if you know the answer to that. You have a moment to tell God like, that you need him. And, and you could take this moment and you could just, however much faith you have, however much faith you have, maybe if you, you're not sure you buy this whole deal, that is okay, but however much faith you have, Jesus attends when we've gathered into his name. He's in this room. So however much faith you have, you could, you could talk to him and tell him what you're looking for what you need. And then, and then however you wanna go from there, the band's gonna be playing, they're gonna be singing, however you wanna go from there, you can sing along with them if you wanna sing along with them. You could just sit and you could listen and, and wait for God to speak into, to, to give to you, to speak into what you're asking him for. This is, this is a moment, this is a moment for you to, to find what you're looking for because we find what we're looking for when we come to church. So I'm gonna pray for us and then the worship team's gonna take it from here. So will you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of church. This is not our idea. We couldn't come up with something this good. This is your idea, and so, so we're really grateful. And thank you that you meet us when we search for you. So I'm praying for these next few minutes that we would have the faith and the courage to say to you what we're looking for, what we need, that that we would have ears to hear, hearts to understand, as you, as you pour out your goodness into and over these needs, these desires in our lives. So Jesus, you said when we've gathered together, you're with us, and we don't see you, but we can experience you and we can hear you, and so please let us do that in this next little bit. And again, we love you, we're really grateful that you love people like us. And so we pray these things in your name, amen. You are more
That's why I trust Him. That's why I trust Him. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. That's why I trust Him. That's why I trust in God, my Savior. 